there's that moment where they go, oh, she's in, my friend, my classmate, my teacher. I see you. They're here too, yeah. <laughs> and it does close that physical distance, you know, social connection that we're missing during remote learning. The onset of the remote learning experience was to make sure that I had a safe space where students felt like they could come together and have these conversations. Welcome to the Minecraft Education Edition podcast. I'm Mike Washburn. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Participate, where the world learns together. On today's show, the first ever episode of Minecraft Education Edition podcast, we'll talk about how this is all going to go down. We'll share some great tips on how to use Minecraft with your students. And our guests this week are Becky Keene and Chris Barica. Let's get started. To say that I've seen Minecraft change kids' lives isn't rhetoric. I say it's the most powerful tool for teaching and learning today because I've seen time and time again that statement proven out in classrooms. We've heard stories of students uninspired and unengaged become transformed. And we've heard stories of teachers stuck in a rut with the same old lessons find their passions for teaching again. This podcast is going to share some of those stories. In the next eight episodes, we'll talk to some of the world's best educators about how they use Minecraft in the classroom. We'll share some advice and tips you may not have known, and we'll encourage you to play along with challenges. If you are skeptical, we hope this podcast convinces you. If you are looking for that last push, hopefully this podcast inspires you to make the move. When we come back, our conversation with Becky Keene. Becky Keene, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. Glad to be here. So let's talk about why Minecraft Education Edition itself. I mean, there are lots of ways to teach remotely. Why use Minecraft? Well, I, I think we need to start with why use Minecraft and then layer on why use Minecraft Education Edition remotely, right? Those are two two different things. And the the biggest thing that I think of when I think of Minecraft is the limitless learning potential. Sure. It's it's this space that to quote our mutual friend Steve Isaacs has a low floor and a high ceiling, right? Easy entry point, very simple for kids to get started, whether their teachers are involved or not, to be frank. Uh, kids can be using Minecraft Education Edition to showcase their learning, to experiment, to try new things, to explore to be engaged in ideas and topics that they might not normally have any access to or might not normally be interested in. So that's huge. Uh, we know that Minecraft is the most popular uh, best-selling video game of all time. We know that it spans genders and ages and, and it's really relevant. For kids I'm 40 years old. I play Minecraft almost every day. Right. Well, I'm 42. I didn't know we were the exact same age. That's fun. Um, yes. And and it's captivating. It's the digital Lego. It's timeless. It's something that really makes sense. So, you know, Minecraft works. I think sometimes educators hear game and they, they think like, oh, it'll be fun Friday. But, but really, we can use Minecraft Education Edition specifically to do so many things in education that meet a need, that fill a hole or solve a problem where we had a gap and now we don't. It levels the playing field. It gives all kids right. access. It's very equitable. So there's this whole other conversation around why Minecraft um, yeah. to start that 
I think is really important because when people hear about Minecraft remotely, um, they need to know that it's really valuable regardless. Yes, exactly. But Minecraft remotely, I mean, we're seeing that happen all over the world. So exciting. Kids are coming together with mutual goals, which is the yep. best form of learning and growing and working together is something we want to achieve. I, I think one of the most common is that multiplayer environment where kids are working together to build their school or their graduation stage or something that is now missing in a physically distant uh, time that we're in. And that has been so, so interesting to watch happen. I'm sure you've seen some of those. And there's something special about kids being in a world and playing together and watching them, like all of these characters just moving around and building something all at the same time. It's almost like magic. It is a little bit magical. I think it is so fun. The first time that kids are in a world together, whether it's, you know, playing Minecraft on Xbox at home or if sure. it's in education edition at school or from their iPad or whatever, there's that moment where they go, oh! He's in, or she's in, my friend, you know, right, my, right. My, my classmate, my teacher. And I see they're you. They're here too, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it does close that physical distance, you know, social connection that we're missing during remote learning, similar yeah. to a, you know, a Flipgrid video or a, a Teams call, but it, it has this extra special moment of we're now, we're now building together. We're doing right. something together. And really... For teachers, I know some teachers who are setting up a space, whether it's, you know, simple like the starter town template or really big picture, like let's build our school. And, and they're telling kids, you know, I have quota office hours, right? From, you know, maybe 10 a.m. to noon daily, this world is open because they know that up to 30 of their students can join um, using those same school credentials, they just log right in and mm -hmm. the teacher can host the game and then the teacher can close the game, you know, disconnect um, the world and that closes everybody off. So no one is, is emailing the teacher as a parent. Why are these kids on Minecraft all day? They can set that, those parameters and Minecraft has a whole guide on how to get started with that. It's, it's right. really very simple as the teacher set up and let the kids do their magic. So kids can play together all at the same time, but they can also play individually and even like work on a world and then, you know, share that world file. And there's some really interesting right. pathways for playing Minecraft still as a group, but just not at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of that, you know, digital Dropbox file handoff um, yeah. workflow that we, we used to frankly all do every single time yeah. because we didn't have you know remember 20 years ago when there wasn't real-time collaboration on anything and you had to email files back and forth and so now we have students who you know maybe they're working on a piece of a project and they yeah. then save that file maybe they drop it in a OneDrive, a google drive a team they send it digitally to the other students or share it in for example, like a team space, and then the other students go pull that file, open it on their device, PC, Mac, iPad, whatever it is, they work on it, save it back to the space. So it's this digital handoff of layering on work 
which is a really, really cool model and something that's a future ready skill, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, if we look at the world of engineering and architecture, some of that happens collaboratively, but the majority, uh, just speaking, you know, from someone who, who knows civil engineers, they they hand off, right? They package a project, they deliver it to the next person who then yeah. adds, reviews, layers, signs off, gets delivered to the next person. So it's really a, a very future-ready skill to be able to monitor that. It's a different type of collaboration, equally important and something you need to learn, especially in a workplace like what you're talking about. Right. And I don't think we should discount the idea of just playing on your own. The idea no, that you can be no. given, for example, maybe an assignment from your teacher or just even this idea of unstructured play, which which I'm a big believer in. The idea that kids can just um, be given a challenge or a an assignment or some work that they do on their own. And then the idea of submitting, sharing what they've done with their classmates or with their teacher in really interesting ways. There's a whole world of opportunity um, with things like Flipgrid to then take your take a video maybe of what you've done and demonstrate your knowledge there too, right? Oh, exactly. I know the first few weeks of school closures here in, in Washington State where I live, the teachers were were on hold. Um, at the state mm-hmm. level, there was a mandate. I won't go into it, but, but our, our kids did not have any instruction happening for the first few weeks. And so I took a group of kids, my own children, also some neighbor kids, and and gave them some tasks in Minecraft. And it was really neat to hear them, you know, some days they were working individually on their tasks and they would either do, like you said, the Flipgrid screen recording, um, coming soon to stream as well, we know, or they would submit a screenshot through Teams and show me what they'd done, you know, create a portfolio, export it as PDF, those types of things. And then mm-hmm. other days they would, I'd hear them, you know, over over chat and teams say, hey, do you guys want to work together today? It, so it's kind of that in and out of based on the task, I can work on my own. If no one's available right now, I maybe I have this thing that I'm doing all by myself, or I can play with other learners. It's very flexible. It's amazing. So there's going to be a lot of people listening that, you know, hear all of this. Sounds great, you know, but we're people who do this kind of all the time. Right. There's going to be people that are listening to this and wondering how they actually just get started, especially remotely. So let's talk about some of the resources that Minecraft Education Edition has created to help people get started. So first, one of the great things they've actually done is made Minecraft free for a limited time. Right. Now, yeah, so to clarify, you know, lots and lots and lots of school systems already had mm-hmm. licensing for Minecraft Education Edition through their Office 365 account. So, That's right. you know, so, so many educators and students, I don't want anyone to think, oh, I don't want to start on this, and then we don't have it in the fall. So many school systems already had it and maybe didn't even know. Tons. Right? A hundred. Um, But even those who didn't already have that licensing, maybe they were using the free for education version of Office 365, um, they now have it as well. And and even students who don't have Education Edition, you know, all they have at home is an Xbox and another device that doesn't run it. And so they are able to, 
even played together using Minecraft Realms uh, through the end mm -hmm. of June. There's over a dozen free worlds in the Minecraft marketplace that the education team has put in that other version of Minecraft. So lots and lots of different ways to be able to access it. And I will say that as a teacher, one of my personal kind of calls to action is to never be the barrier. I love to be able to say yes to kids. Right. So I would just challenge teachers listening. You don't have to be the Minecraft expert. Please don't be the gatekeeper between your kids accessing an amazing tool for learning. You can learn with them. You can just support them by saying, yes, you have this. You can use it. <laughs> Go for it. Mm -hmm. Show me your amazing things. Show me your thinking. Um, which is happening all over the world. And it's it's been super exciting to watch that. And that starter world that you mentioned earlier is actually really great for teachers who have never played Minecraft before ever, because it does, that getting starter world does take you kind of step by step through learning literally how to walk, how to jump, how to run, yeah. how to how to duck, how to, you know, break blocks and how to build things, how to use a crafting table. Yes. So you can literally get into Minecraft Education Edition. Um, it's super accessible right now during this time. You can learn how to play. And like you just said, um, just get your kids involved. And, and I can guarantee you that they'll teach you how to play a little bit too. <laughs> and you'll learn a lot of things. But they've also yeah. created um, a remote learning toolkit that has tons of lessons, right? It, it has tons of lessons. It was curated by the Global Mentor community. So it's, you know, put together by teachers for mm -hmm. teachers. That's very exciting. Digital Labs, which is a company that I do some work for, created a lesson that helps teachers get started. It's called My First Lesson. And it's, it's available at education.minecraft.net, you know, through their lesson library. And that's another great way to get started. If you have some students who maybe aren't familiar with Minecraft, we, we still have kids out there who haven't used it. And that is a great way to learn a little bit about the different components of the world and what they do with a, a Minecraft scavenger hunt and, and things like that. So there's lots of support available. Awesome ideas. And so maybe there are parents that are listening. And I have to share that um, my wife, uh, is an educator and and I'm a global Minecraft mentor and my my son is in grade six and and I have a, a younger son who's four and I have to tell you we've all been playing Minecraft together as a family in a Minecraft Education Edition world. That's um, wonderful. You know where I'll start it up on my computer and and share the share the room code with everybody we 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 get together on uh, a teams call uh and then i just like uh, so I, we have the call open on kind of another device and uh share the room code and then we all we're playing a survival world together and and i want to talk a bit about you know this this idea of parenting and parents you know supporting their kids playing minecraft and what are some activities that people can do with their kids and I'll let you talk about the Minecraft marketplace a little bit, because I think that's a space that you know quite a bit about. Yes. Well, basically, from home, any person who has access to Minecraft can use the Minecraft marketplace to get some of the favorite lessons out of the Minecraft education edition 
into the new education category in the marketplace. So that's right. from home, you know, parents who don't have those education accounts, they could be playing Minecraft with their kids. Um, and I get asked a lot, you know, what is the best way for kids to show me what they've done? <laughs> and, I, and I have to just poke a little fun at the parents who say to me, uh, you know, can they share a screenshot? Can they? And I'm like, with you, you're you're home, right? You know, some parents <laughs> don't have that luxury. But the best possible way to see what your kids are doing in Minecraft is to either play with them. I guarantee you will get a high return on that investment with your child. Um, it's just like playing any other game with your kids, uh, whether it's backyard soccer or Uno. Um, playing Minecraft with your kids is a relationship builder. And the second way is that shoulder to shoulder time where I sit next to my child on the floor and I say, show me what you built today. Show me what you worked on. Um, right. You know, amaze me. So two different layers. If you're comfortable getting started, parents, let your kids show you, let your kids teach you, you know, pick something kind of educational. There's 10 new worlds in the marketplace from the creator community, things like renewable energy and marine biology and Greek history, writing activities, some fun puzzles to solve. Um, I know my children, I have a, a nine-year-old and 11-year-old, and they will say, mom, what can we do to help you get all our stuff done for today so we have time to play Minecraft together? You know, <laughs> that's, that's one of their goals in the day. And we don't get to it every day, but when we do, it's really special. It's awesome. And if parents want to even kick it up another notch, one of the cool things I did with my students was Hour of Code. Oh, and, sure. um, and there's tons of resources on the code.org. So if you go to code.org, um, there is Minecraft content on code.org. It, it blows my mind. It's so cool. It is. It's really, it's also this whole surprise, right? Oh, Minecraft is here too. It's everywhere. It's right, on t-shirts. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Um, and the Hour of Code is really fun because you know it. there's kind of a start and a finish. So for parents who maybe have a rainy you know, afternoon and they're thinking, oh, we, we've kind of gone through all of our other distance activities, that's mm -hmm. a really nice thing to say, hey, let's try this together and let's see if we can finish this weekend or this week or this month, you know, whatever time you have available. But it's really fun to have that crystal clear start and end and then you get a certificate you can put it on your fridge and know that you did something together as a family that is impactful not only the time you spent together but also the things you learned so whether it be synchronous play with each other in a world at the same time or playing on your own and sharing worlds or playing by yourself and better yet playing with your family i think that there's lots of ways that you can play Minecraft Education Edition and learn remotely with it. Thanks so much for your time, Becky. Oh, thanks for having me again. It's been a joy. Did you know that Minecraft Education Edition has a world you can use to learn how to play the game? This is awesome if you're new to Minecraft or maybe checked it out once but haven't been back in a while. Simply load up Minecraft Education Edition then go to View Library, then How to Play, and open the Start Here world. We'll be right back with a conversation with Chris Barica. All right, Chris Barica, welcome to the podcast. Hi, uh, great to be here. So we are experiencing 
something never experienced before, uh, a global pandemic. And educators have had to scramble for tools and resources and ideas and lessons and and all of this stuff um, to teach remotely, to teach from home uh, in, in this extraordinary situation. And one of the things that you've turned to is Minecraft. Am I right? Yes. In fact, when all of this happens, and it, it happened on a Friday the 13th of March, and it's been that long, and one of the first tools that I thought of was turning directly to Minecraft Education Edition. It's something that I've really embraced within my classroom, my sixth grade English language arts classroom. And the kids have really reacted positively and strongly to. And it's filled them with an enthusiasm and a level of eagerness that really is inspiring to see. And so when we transitioned to this remote learning model, I said, okay, well, I have to have a certain amount and level of content, but I also want to supplement that with Minecraft Education Edition. And above all else, the reason why I turned to a platform like Minecraft Education Edition is because it really does provide an equitable playing field for all kids to be given a role and instill a certain amount of leadership within them, within them to bring their vision and their creativity to life. So we jumped right into the March challenge, which was signifying seasons. And the kids decided that they wanted to make a seasons themed uh, theme park. So we had different sections of the park and you had a spring section, you had a Ferris wheel that had uh, was adorned with flowers. You had a hotel and each floor of the hotel uh, were different seasons. And really, it gave these kids an outlet and, and a safe space to come together and collaborate and understand that while we are in a difficult situation, we can still be together within this space to collaborate and form meaningful conversations and produce great product to get together. And grade six language is like the wheelhouse. It's like the golden age in my mind. Like I loved teaching those grades and uh, using Minecraft in those grades just takes it to a whole other level. Uh, your kids must be just absolutely loving using Minecraft in school um, and, and for learning. Talk about some of the other cool projects that you've been able to do. We'll, we'll talk about maybe assessment and stuff a little bit later, but I'd love to just know at a, at a high level, what are some of the cool things you're doing with Minecraft in your class? So one of my favorite moments really is when I hear people from outside looking in say you're using Minecraft in your classroom and, and they look at it and, and it opens up this conversation really to showcase the great potential of this platform. And, and that's what it is. It's a platform. It's, it's a, typically we venture into creative mode, you know, I, I to give all students really access to everything. And we start off a super flat world and you, before the project begins, you, you talk about, Hey, well, we're building this community within the game. What are some rules that are going to get the best possible outcome here? So we'll split up into teams. So really just a small glimpse of some projects that I've done over the course of time that I've been fortunate to use Minecraft education edition 
this year I started uh, a new project called Shadow Boxes. And so I had spoken to my students, and this was at the start of the year, rather than doing a, a rote conversational activity, we had that, but we also took that and transcended upon a, a greater level. And what we did is each student was given a certain parameter to build a shadow box. And inside that shadow box, they were given the directive to create four pixel art designs that represented them. It could be aspects of their personality. It could be uh, characters that they enjoy. It could be locations that represent them, uh, cultural landmarks, uh, aspects of their family. And then they created this glass pane and within the glass of the shadow box, you had the pixel art designs and it gave students an opportunity, not only uh, on, on a visual level, but on a deeper, more tactile level to walk around their classmates shadow box designs and get a sense of who they would be building relationships with, particularly at the sixth grade level where you form these bonds that carry you forward through grades six, seven and eight mm -hmm. and into high school. And you could be looking at relationships that last the rest of your life. So that was something new that I had decided on this year. But what I really value about Minecraft especially, and in particular, is the opportunity to collaborate and, and to give each child a voice that they may not necessarily have felt comfortable expressing out loud within a more social setting. And a unique voice too, right? In the sense that the power of Minecraft, especially when you combine it with something like Flipgrid or how they're actually going to show you what they've done, is that it can be unique to them. It can be something that um, they make that is within their vision and their ideas, their style. Uh, and I, I play a lot of Minecraft and I definitely have a style. I have a building style and I have the way that I like to play and everyone else probably does too in some ways. Um, and, and so you probably are seeing your students and they're kind of uh, in a unique way. This is really a cool way to demonstrate student voice as well. What's great about that and following up on what you said in, in that everyone has a unique voice is the fact that everyone also has a unique role to play in the formation of this project. So, for example, a project that I've done that continues to build every year, and you can really take this to any book. Uh, we read a novel called uh, The K, and it, it's about a young boy who is shipwrecked and, and finds himself on a small island with a man who... Unfortunately, given the time during World War II, he had prejudice against, he had been raised to have prejudice against. And over the course of this time on the island, he finds that he learns tolerance, he develops empathy and mutual respect, understanding. So what I had the students do is visualize an epilogue hmm. to this novel. And within this epilogue, they had to envision a uh, documentary crew finds this island and they return to the island and my kids worked in two teams we had a script writing production team and then we had a, a design team and we organized this on teams and within the team they had developed a script we had people designing uh, paintings to complement this movie and then the design team looked specifically at the book and hey, if it said that the island is melon-shaped on page 22, we used our citation skills and brought that island to life and made it a melon shape. And then at the end, 
we take the uh, script and student performers and we chroma key them into their actual Minecraft worlds. And this is something that I've done before with another book, Jerry Spinelli's uh, Maniac McGee, where they ride through the elements of plot. So you're starting and you see a track in front of you and you're looking at it first person and you're actually experiencing what it's like to go through the book. So exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, resolution. And as you're going through the book, you're seeing the words and the images that were originally visualized by the writer come to life in front of you, complemented by that writing skill and that ability to discern information from the text, whether it be character development, plot development, theme, tone. And you see the actual chalkboards come to life with citation and, hey, this is the Beale household and this is what the Beale household looks like. And then you see it actually come to life. And again, it all starts with a blank world, blank canvas, and it, it's truly impressive seeing what these students are capable of if given the platform and really the cooperation to bring that to life. And certainly made more powerful with some of the tools, uh, especially in language programs. Um, like NPCs and the signs and the boards and the posters where you can, and book and quill, where you can type, you can literally write things and have them um, read to you or you can read them. You can use immersive reader to have it verbally read to you if you need to, or the NPCs who are, you know, you can dress up an NPC and then have it act out, you know, a scene for you. Um, there's a lot of powerful tools built right into this, right? It's really funny that you bring up the NPCs because that is one addition that I really felt has revitalized student investment in this process. And I'll mm. give you an example. So the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, huge tradition in the United States. And it's an event that brings families together. It's an event that has a lot of meaning and really, in, in a way, uh, symbolizes the opening of the winter season uh, in many respects. And... I had started my career as a fourth grade teacher, and we had completed this project where students design a Thanksgiving Day parade float. And they use visual language and figurative language and specific word choice, and then they drew the float, and then we held it up and presented it. When I moved to the intermediate level, we had taken this project, and now it's more complex, but they're designing it in PowerPoint. Now, once mm -hmm. I had Minecraft Education Edition available to me, I said, okay, well, we can take this project to the next step. So now I said, all right, well, let's recreate 34th Street. And instead of the Miracle on 34th Street, it's Minecraft on 34th Street. And <laughs> you plant the camera on the grounds on the road. Sure. I give a certain amount of space allocated for each float coupled with buildings to create this facade that you're looking at 34th street and then outfitted with NPCs. And what was really great about that is I had suggested to the students, well, Hey, how about you have the NPCs actually say you're writing? So for example, I had one student and I'm a big Marvel guy and you know, sometimes kids play to their audience. And sometimes, you know, Marvel is uh, the most profitable movie franchise in history for a reason. And the first float of the parade was Thanos. And <laughs> to the side, and, and Thanos looked exactly like she described it in her writing. And to the side of Thanos, 
she had decided that I, I want to have the actors and actresses from the Marvel movies be in the crowd. So you've got Scarlett Johansson, you've got Josh Brolin, and Josh Brolin, the, the actor who voices Thanos, is looking up at his float and he's saying, oh wow, this, this magnificent towering Hulk is gliding through the streets of New York City. And it really makes the process come alive for students and, and is not all that different from actually designing a float for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. There are various levels of conceptualization. There are uh, elements where you look and see, okay, well, can I fit this on the New York City street? It can't be hundreds and hundreds of feet tall. It has to be a certain height. So it really brings together a lot of these different and quite frankly, uh, disparate connections and, and makes them into this cohesive experience that uh, truly brings learning to life for students. And, and uh, yes, it is important for those writing skills to be sound and be strong, but then when you couple it with creating it in Minecraft, it, it really brings this immersive experience to another level. And so not only are you creating these things in Minecraft, but you're doing some of this work right now remotely with your students. And so how are you connecting, like the actual connections that you're making with students in Minecraft? Um, I assume are, are students playing together in worlds all at the same time? So now you can do this two ways if, if you're talking about a, a teacher engaging a class in in a uh, collaborative minecraft experience you can engage them in a synchronized fashion where you yourself are hosting the world and that's something that i have done and that was something important to me at the onset of uh, the remote learning experience was to make sure that i had a safe space where students felt like they could come together and have these conversations hey how are you I'm doing well, you know, I'd rather be back at school, but it's nice that we're together using this platform. Mm -hmm. And you can also host the world and little by little kids contribute to it and then export it back out to Microsoft Teams within the files tab and hey, have a folder and say, okay, well, this month's challenge has us figure out different ways that we can uh, preserve coral and, and use coding to really enable that experience. So say this uh, different groups of students, okay, well, this team can work on this particular section today and then export your world out to teams, pick the world back up, and then you work on it. And, and really, it continues to underscore that ongoing investment in giving them leadership and ownership in their learning process and working to create a product that collectively they feel very proud of and they can go back and add to it, refine, edit, and continue to make something that they can look back on and really uh, feel great about. So you've created a lot of your own really neat ideas, but there are a lot of teachers out there that are just listening to this and going, whoa, I don't think I could do a 34th street, you know, diorama in Minecraft with like NPCs and boards and books and quills. Well, Minecraft has created some challenges. You're able to download them and use them to teach your students. And so there's this whole set now of things that teachers could do, even if they don't have, 
you know, the wherewithal or the means to start building things on their own. And that's really exciting too, right? Well, it's inspiring to see the fact that Microsoft continues to add and, and diversify its offerings in regards to what's available. And in looking at the ongoing project right now that has a suggested timeline from April to June, you have this uh, challenge, the 2020 Minecraft Education uh, Challenge, and it's specifically regarding building a better world. And that's mm -hmm. something that is definitely on the forefront of a lot of our students' minds right now, as we've got all of this time really to be given to pursue these hobbies and these pastimes that perhaps we really had not had an opportunity to uh, look into. And what I had offered to my students is I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you the choice between uh, redesigning our classroom or trying to figure out a way to make our school more sustainable. And that's something that really is important to a lot of students and is reflected in another project that I do in the classroom called 20% Time. And this is something that uh, a lot of educators do. So typically I, I teach a double period and it's about an hour and 20 minutes for both periods together. And I have that and I'd say to the kids, right around this time of the year, we typically start this project around late February, March. And I give them the opportunity to pursue a, a passion project that they feel strongly about. And it's amazing seeing how many kids use Minecraft as the platform with which to explore that passion project. So you, you might see something like I had one student actually develop an orientation for next year's incoming students. And what was great about that is it truly evolved into really a cross-curricular project where the students were able to look down at the tile on the floor and say, okay, what's the area of this classroom? What's the perimeter mm -hmm. of the hallway? And let me bring that to life, set up a minecart, and then you're able to ride through the classrooms and get tips for each individual teacher. Oh, that's fun. So really it's great to see that there are all of these challenges and and what's appreciated especially about that is the challenges are saved in the library on minecraft education edition so you can go back and hey i heard about the signifying seasons challenge that sounds like something that's a really strong fit for my particular classroom i want to incorporate that and you give students that platform and then you continue tweaking it adding it editing it over time and look, that might be, you may not have necessarily felt comfortable at first. This might be something outside your comfort zone, but you hear someone else's ideas. And just like teachers do every year with a new group of students, you differentiate, you accommodate, you modify, and really use that as a springboard with which to uh, create something that truly matters and is meaningful within your particular classroom. What an awesome reminder that there's something for everybody in Minecraft, I think. And, and no matter uh, where you are and where you come from and what you're trying to do, there's always a really good choice um, when it comes to using Minecraft Education Edition, especially uh, during these times where we're trying to find really interesting ways to engage our students remotely. Chris, Barika, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to hearing from other educators uh, with this platform. Join the Minecraft Education Challenge. This virtual build challenge invites students around the world to learn about issues related to sustainability and inclusion, then design solutions with Minecraft Education Edition. 
You can create your own prompt that invites students to address a local issue impacting your school, community, or region. This could be something like designing a more accessible version of your classroom in Minecraft. Think about people with different learning styles and disabilities, so the space is a safe and inspiring environment for everyone to be healthy. Or build a more sustainable version of your school in Minecraft. Consider a holistic definition of sustainability, which may involve rethinking energy systems, recycling, transportation, and how nature plays a role. Share progress and stories of your challenge experience via Twitter and Facebook. And tag us using our Twitter handle, at PlaycraftLearn, and the hashtag, MinecraftChallenge. And then post your results on the Minecraft Challenge Flipgrid page. We've added a link to that page in the show notes. We're so excited to see what you build. listening to the Minecraft Education Edition podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. This podcast is produced by Participate, where the world learns together. Find out more at participate.com. You want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at education.minecraft.net. Connect with Minecraft Education Edition on Twitter at PlaycraftLearn. You can connect with me directly at Mr. Washburn. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost and this helps others to discover the show. Thanks for listening. Stay awesome and we'll see you soon.